0: Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 24th of February. India recorded close to 14,000 COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, taking the overall COVID tally over the 1.10 crore or 11 million mark. 104 deaths linked to the virus were reported in the same period and the death toll now stands at over 1,56,000. Under the vaccination drive in the country, More than 1.21 crore health and frontline workers have received the vaccine so far. Of this, over 4 lakh were vaccinated yesterday. Amid the recent surge in COVID cases in multiple states, the centre has deputed high-level teams to 10 states to support them in COVID management and response. The states are Maharashtra, Kerala, Chhattisgarh, Madhya Pradesh, Gujarat, Punjab, Karnataka, Tamil Nadu, West Bengal and Jammu and Kashmir. The health ministry said today that the teams will work to find the cause of the recent surge in cases. They will also coordinate with the state health authorities to take measures to break the chain of transmission. The ministry told the states to increase testing and avoid laxity in the implementation of safety measures. Maharashtra, meanwhile, has implemented lockdowns and restrictions in many of its districts. The Amravati district, which is under a week-long lockdown, registered 926 cases, taking the total cases to over 31,000. In the Jalna district, schools, colleges, coaching centres and weekly markets will be shut till the end of March. Exempting essential services and industries, a night curfew has been imposed in Aurangabad district till March 8th. The Delhi government, meanwhile, has made it mandatory for travellers from five states to show negative Covid certificates to enter the capital. People coming from Maharashtra, Kerala, Chhattisgarh, Madhya Pradesh and Punjab, with the exemption of road travellers, will be required to show certificates. The Odisha government has warned healthcare workers choosing not to get vaccinated that they will cease to get benefits such as free treatment and financial help. The Hindustan Times reported today that people over the age of 60 and those with comorbidities will be allowed to self-register for vaccination from March 1st. They would also be allowed to choose where to get vaccinated. The farmer protests against the centre's farm laws at the borders of Delhi will complete three months on February 26th. Addressing the Kisan Mahapanchayat in Rajasthan yesterday, farmer leader Rakesh Tiket said that farmers will march to the parliament if the centre does not repeal the farm laws. According to the Caravan magazine, more than 20,000 farmers attended the event. Tiket said that the date of the parliament march will be decided by the leaders of the United Front, Samyukt Kisan Morcha. He added, and I quote, This time the call will be for a parliament gherao. The farmers will plough the parks near India Gate and grow crops there. 40 lakh tractors will be there instead of 4 lakh tractors, unquote. Tiketh added that the farmers will demolish warehouses belonging to big corporates if the government did not meet their demands. In a development related to the farmer protest, climate activist Disha Ravi was released from Delhi's Tihar jail last evening. The activist had been arrested in connection with the Toolkit case on February 13th. Ravi was released after a Delhi Sessions court granted her bail yesterday. Her mother Manjula told the media, I'm happy that she got bail. It has reinforced our faith in the system. Asserting that her daughter had done nothing wrong, Manjula also said that Disha had been telling them to stay strong. While granting the bail, additional sessions judge Dharmendra Rana said that the toolkit shared and edited by Ravi did not call for any violence. The court also said that there was nothing on record to suggest that she had subscribed to any secessionist idea. He added, and I quote, The offence of sedition cannot be invoked to minister the wounded vanity of the governments. Unquote. Meanwhile, activist Shantanu Muluk yesterday moved to the Patiala House Court in Delhi seeking protection from arrest in connection with the Toolkit case. His anticipatory bail is scheduled to be heard today. Since the protests began, a section of the media's coverage has been negative. Some TV news channels have even lied about the protesters, their motivations and actions. News Laundry reporter Supriti David visited the Singhu border where the farmers asked why the media has a problem with them receiving global support. A protester from Haryana, who was not aware of Greta Thunberg and Rihanna's tweet, said and I quote, I just want to say one thing. Why is it wrong to talk about someone's rights? If they saw the pain that's there, whether on YouTube or elsewhere, and the pain resonated with them, then why is it considered wrong for them to have put their point across and support us? Unquote. To read the full report, head over to newsnaundry.com. It is titled, Why is it wrong? Single farmers ask why the media is upset if they get support globally. While you're on newslaundry.com, do check out our extensive coverage of the farmer protests. These in-depth reports require resources, time and effort. As we are a 100% ad-free platform, we rely only on our subscribers to stay afloat and bring you stories that matter. So, if you like what we do, please consider supporting us by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of our website. Lowest subscription starts at just 300 rupees per month. The Uttar Pradesh police said yesterday that the three girls in Onnau were poisoned based on a statement from a 17 year old girl who was the only survivor in the case. The police denied the attempts at sexual assault, the Indian Express reported. The survivor had recorded her statement before the police and the chief judicial magistrate she and her two cousins had been admitted to a private hospital in Kanpur after they were found unconscious in unnao's babu hara village last wednesday the girl's cousins died and were cremated under heavy security the teenager told the police that the accused had offered her and her cousins some snacks which they did not accept the unnao superintendent of police said and i quote when they refused to eat the accused offered them water which they drank she told us that she fell unconscious after drinking water and does not remember anything after that She has also named the second accused in her statement. The police said that the accused, 28-year-old Vinay, has confessed to mixing poison in the water. They claimed that he wanted to target the girl because she had rejected his advances. The accused was arrested by the police on Friday. The police explained that the accused used an almost odourless chemical to poison the water. They said that this could be the reason why the girls did not realise that they were drinking poison. The police added that they will soon file a charge sheet in the case, which will be tried in the fast-track court. BJP leader Rakesh Singh was arrested in West Bengal yesterday in a drug seizure case. Singh was allegedly fleeing the state in a car and was arrested by the Kolkata police in the East Burdwan district. BJP Youth Wing leader Pamela Goswami, who was arrested on February 19 for allegedly carrying 90 grams of cocaine, had accused Singh of framing her. The police have also arrested Singh's two sons for allegedly trying to prevent them from entering their residence over the absence of a search warrant. The leader's sons claimed that the police action against their father was vendetta and politically motivated. One of them, Sahib Singh, said, and I quote, My father is being victimised. I don't know anything about Pamela Goswami and the drugs case. My father is not involved. Unquote. Rakesh Singh's daughter Simran Singh alleged that the police assaulted her and that she was not allowed to meet her brothers. She told NDTV that the police did not mention why her brothers were being taken away. She claimed that her family has faced harassment before as her father is a political figure but it was never like this. The Kolkata police had earlier asked Rakesh Singh to appear before the department to record his statement in the Pamela Goswami case. Singh, however, had refused to appear citing commitments to the party. Pamela had accused Singh of sending men to plant the drugs in her vehicle. She had also claimed that a conspiracy was being hatched against her. Speaking of West Bengal politics, in his latest opinion piece on newslaundry.com, Snigdendu Bhattacharya writes how the governing Trinamool Congress is shifting its political focus. From being a strong critic of the BJP before the Lok Sabha poll, the party has shifted its focus to build up the image of its leader and the Bengal Chief Minister Mamata Banerjee. The party is also working to build its ideology. To read the full piece on how Mamta Banerjee's party is steering clear of politics and polarization in the state, head over to newslaundry.com. It is titled, More Mamta, Less BJP. Trinamool's campaign strategy for the Bengal election. The Indian Medical Association's national president said today that Union Health Minister Dr. Harsh Vardhan should issue a statement that he's not endorsing the sale of Patanjali Ayurved's coronal medicine. The remark came in response to Delhi Medical Association defending Dr. Vardhan's recent attendance at the launch of Coronil. Baba Ramdev's Patanjali group claims that Coronil is an evidence-based medicine that can be used to treat COVID-19. Ramdev also claimed that Coronil is certified by the World Health Organization. The IMA expressed its shock at this and called it a blatant lie. Responding to the association's remarks, Patanjali said today that it was appalled by the opinions of the Indian Medical Association about Coronil. It added that Coronil had been thoroughly reviewed and scrutinised by competent licensing authorities. However, the medicine has merely been issued a certificate of being a pharmaceutical product from the Ministry of Ayush. The WHO has also clarified that it did not review or certify the efficacy of any traditional medicine for COVID-19. Now for some international updates. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 112.7 million people so far, while over 2.49 million people have succumbed to it. Global recoveries from the virus, meanwhile, surged to 88.2 million. The World Health Organization said today that the global deaths from COVID 19 have declined by 20% in the last week. It added that while cases were dropping for the sixth week in a row, deaths have been falling for three consecutive weeks. Under WHO's vaccine sharing scheme, meanwhile, Ghana received its first shipment of COVID vaccines today. A flight carrying 600,000 doses of the Oxford vaccine landed in the West African nation today. In Spain, Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez said today that the country is likely to receive four times as many vaccine doses in the second quarter than in the first one. So far, almost two million Spaniards have received at least one dose of the vaccine. Sánchez added that the authorities expect to vaccinate 70% of the population by the end of summer. Thailand today received its first 200,000 doses of the Chinese pharma Sinovac COVID vaccine. This is the country's first batch of COVID vaccines, with inoculation set to begin in just a few days. A court in Germany today found a Syrian man guilty of being an accomplice to crimes against humanity in Syria. This is a first-of-its-kind verdict against war crimes in the 10-year-long Syrian civil war. Iyad al-Gharib, a colonel in the Syrian president's security forces, was sent to four and a half years in prison. Gharib had facilitated the arrest of 30 anti-government protesters in 2011. They were sent to a detention centre in Damascus, despite Gharib having the knowledge that they would be tortured. Today's verdict was seen as a sign of hope for 800,000 Syrians in Germany who say that they were tortured in government facilities. The Syrian government, however, continues to deny that it tortures its prisoners. Anwar al-Buni, a Syrian human rights lawyer, said that the unprecedented verdict would speed up efforts to bring charges against former Syrian government members suspected of committing war crimes. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.